Anyone who's been through or is going through depression can tell you how this mood disorder affects one's sleep, appetite, cognitive function, interest in things that would normally be enjoyable, and even push one into suicide. First off, let me make this clear. This article is not intended to oversimplify this disorder to make a sufferer appear like a simpleton. I am painfully aware of Christian pastors who fought against this ailment and finally chose to end their suffering with their own hands. I do not know the weight that they bore and what life looked like for them as contended with this condition. This article is not to be used to judge sufferers. Rather this is to help such people by enabling them to take the perspective from the viewpoint of the truth of scripture as hard as that might seem. This is also not to belittle the work of psychiatrists, some of whom are Christians, who are tirelessly helping those who are afflicted by this terrible malady. Oh, my heart. The heart is mentioned in the King James Version 833 times in 765 verses. The Lord Jesus Christ himself mentions the word 30 times in the four gospel accounts. Four times in John, five times in Luke, seven times in Mark, and 14 in Matthew. In all these instances except in Mark 10 5, Jesus used the Greek word kappa alpha rho delta alpha, cardia. Strong defines this word as figuratively the thoughts or feelings, mind, also by analogy the middle. Thayer gives a broader definition of center of all physical and spiritual life, the soul or mind, as it is the fountain and seat of the thoughts, passions, desires, appetites, affections, purposes, endeavors, the faculty and seat of the intelligence. This seems to relate to what Strong calls the middle, or the core of our being. Much like what we mean to say when we heartfully thank someone. The Greek does not depart from the Hebrew word which speaks of the inner man. Jesus used a different word for heart in Mark 10:5, and Jesus answered and said unto them, For the hardness of your heart he wrote you this precept. Where he is describing a spiritual condition, a disease. The Greek is sigma kappa lambda eta rho omicron kappa alpha rho delta alpha, sclerocar dia meaning hard-heartedness, that is, specifically, destitution of, spiritual, perception. Let me take up a quote from the article Stress and Depression by John Cooper, medically reviewed by Smita Bhandari, MD on July 12, 2021, on the WebMD website. The article offers strategies to cope with depression, too. Start of quote. We think that the causal relationship between stress and depression is what's called bidirectional. David Prescott, PhD, Associate Professor of Health Administration and Public Health at Husson University in Bangor, Maine, says, one can cause the other, and the other can cause the first, and both can make each other worse. The ways depression can lead to stress are pretty clear. Depression disrupts your life, so you often are more isolated, Prescott says. Sometimes you shrink your interpersonal network and stop doing a lot of activities, like work or school or things that you enjoy. We know that kind of isolation makes your perceived stress level go up, so we know that depression can cause stress. There's good evidence that the reverse is true as well. A severe stress, like a divorce or a huge financial change, is a major stressor, and it sends the psyche sort of out of equilibrium. If you keep raising levels of stress, something's going to happen, and often it is depression, Landau, Carol Landau, PhD, clinical professor at Brown University, says. But the reasons stress contributes to depression are less obvious. It's pretty clear that chronic stress raises the incidence level of depression, Prescott says. According to the Mental Health Survey report from the Mental Health Institution, levels of depression among members of Gen Z went up about 4% or 5% between pre- and post-pandemic. We think the social isolation, the disruption in normal activities, and the general stress of having your college or work disrupted appeared to increase levels of depression. But I would say we don't know, causally, exactly how that happened. End of quote. We would think that the youngest generation should be living a more carefree life. 
But that isn't the case. Not just this one. Let's look at just one cause of depression in Proverbs 12:25. Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. Let's break this verse down. Heaviness. Dash heaviness literally means anxiety, care, fear, sorrow, these all spring from the thought life. These would be what the article we quoted calls stressors. In the heart of man. Dash the Hebrew, leb, lebe, translated here as heart is defined by strong as figuratively used very widely for the feelings, the will and even the intellect for the center of anything. Brown driver Briggs defines it as the inner man, mind, will, heart, understanding, inner part, the midst of things, soul, thinking, reflection, inclination, resolution, determination, conscience, the seat of appetites, the seat of emotions and passions, seat of courage. Maketh it stoop. Dash stoop means to depress, fall down flat. Notice that the depression and falling flat happens only because the stressor is in the heart. Does this tell us something about keeping, guarding, in a good sense protecting, maintaining, our heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life, Proverbs 4.23? But a good word maketh it glad. The Hebrew for maketh it glad is psalmic. Strong defines it as to brighten up, that is, figuratively, be, positively make, blithe or gleesome, cheer up, joyful, be merry, cause to rejoice. So now we understand that we need a good word to reverse the symptoms of depression. Can you recall a sad time in your life when a good sermon, or a godly friend's comforting words, or even a Christian song lifted you up and out from where you were? Just what is this animal? Depression is a form of defilement and it is the first mentioned by the Lord Jesus when he taught his disciples about how things coming into the body cannot defile but that which comes out is what defiles a man. Matthew 15 19, Mark 7 21. He called it evil thoughts. Listen to how he describes it. And he saith unto them, Are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive, that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him, because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the draught, purging all meats? And he said that which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within, and defile the man. Mark 7 18-23, but how did all these evil things come out except that they were allowed in in the first place? Matthew and Mark use two different GK words for evil, they do not contradict each other, but effectively cover the range of the definition of evil. Matthew used pi omicron nu eta rho sigma pon a rosses while Mark used kappa alpha kappa sigma cacos, both of which properly refers to bad effects and not of character. Thus, Matthew's word is defined as, hurtful, that is, evil, properly in effect or influence, calamitous, ill, diseased, derelict, vicious, facinerous, bad, grievous, lewd, malicious, wickedness. On the other hand, Mark's word includes worthless, depraved, injurious, bad, harm, ill, noisome, wicked. In both instances, the word evil is used as an adjective to the word delta iota alpha lambda omicron gamma iota sigma mu sigma dialogue is most which very much sounds like the root to our English word dialogue. Strong defines it as discussion, that is, internal, consideration, by implication purpose, dispute, imagination, reasoning, thought. Remember the keyword common in both definitions effect. This means, there was a cause that gave rise to the effect of evil thoughts or depression. Could this be when we allow negativity entrance into our thought life and gaze at it long enough? 
So let me offer from the Bible what I think would resolve depression, arrest its relapse, and even prevent one from ever getting mired up in this darkness. I will not make each point long. Just let the Word of God speak to you. 1. Live by the river. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the streams of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, and its leaf shall not wither, and all that he does shall prosper. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. Psalm 1 1-6 This psalm teaches us how to keep evil thoughts from finding their way into our hearts. 2. Drink lots of water. We just read the Bible and we will be comforted and lightened by it. The Word of God has the power to bring down the proud, but lift the oppressed, the widow, the orphan, the helpless. God favors the world's underdogs. Here are just a few verses among many. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, loving kindness shall surround him. Psalm 32 10. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he falls, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Psalm 37 23-24 So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41 10 3. Get fully rested. Therefore, when depressing thoughts attack our minds, let us sit our souls down and conduct a dialogue with them. King David used this technique often when he would experience negative emotions. Three times he interrogated his soul, inner man, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Psalm 42 5, Psalm 42 11, and Psalm 43 5. Listen to how he resolves his depressing moments. Why are you depressed, O my soul? Why are you upset? Wait for God. For I will again give thanks to my God for his saving intervention. Psalm 42 5 and Psalm 42 11, David chose to wait for God, resting during that wait and having confidence he will intervene and save him out of his dark situation. While we do not have control over circumstances outside of us, we do have good control over our responses to every circumstance. When it comes to depression or evil thoughts that arise out of some occurrence, or even out of recalling some event in the past, we still do not lose control over the path our thoughts should take. Should we track this dark thought, or should we draw back from it and go back to the light? Proverbs 12:25 gives us the answer to depression. What about you? Friend, are you struggling with depression? A more loving question is really, are you already saved? If you die tonight, where do you think you will end up? If you are unsure of your eternal destiny, now is the time to make your life right with God. You see, all human beings, me included, are sinners. If you would honestly assess yourself right now, you probably have lied to someone. Or taken something that did not belong to you. You might have looked at someone with lust in your heart. Or hated someone and wishing him slash her evil. Or, used God's name as a cuss word. If so, that makes you a lying thief, an adulterer, a murderer, and a blasphemer. I think you know where such kinds of people end up already. In hell, depression is at its worst. But God sent Jesus to earth on a rescue mission. That's what it says in John 3:16. For God so loved the world, that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. 
all who turn to God in humble repentance, coming back to the Creator and ask for forgiveness, believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who gave His life on the cross as payment for sin, who rose again the third day, ascended to heaven and is coming back to take all His believers with Him to heaven, you can receive forgiveness for your sins and be restored into a relationship with God. All you need to do is repent, ask Him to forgive you, and entrust your present and future to Jesus Christ. If you are sincere, the Bible says you are saved and made as new again. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with a heart one believes unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. Romans 10 9-11 You can stop being ashamed of what you've made out of your life. Guilt does not have to haunt you until your dying day. Accept the offer from Jesus and the receipt is gift of eternal life today. Hurry! This offer is good only until the rapture. If you've made a decision to believe in Jesus, let me know. I wish to help you grow in your new faith in the God of the Bible whose promises never fail. Are you blessed with this issue? Well, bless others with it, too. Click on the follow button for more issues like this. Until then, God bless you.